podcast is brought to you by EJA Services, a moving company located out of the Utica, Rome area, but servicing all of Central New York and beyond. Let's face it, moving can be stressful. Relax and let the reliable movers take care of tasks for you. From antiques to electronics to home decor items, they have the experience and the equipment to ensure your items will arrive at their destination unblemished and on time. They can move everything from your apartment, condominium, townhouse, single-family home, or office with ease. Competitively priced movers in Utica, New York. Again, they service all of something New York beyond. Moving help, relocation services, office moves, complete packaging services, unpacking, loading services. You know what? Maybe you bought some new items for your office or your home. Shouldn't have to stress about that because they can deliver those things too. Contact their moving and delivery specialist to help you have the new furniture, art, piano, items delivered. Visit their office at 9772 River Road in Marcy, New York, or call them at 315-335-0516. That's 315-335-0516. Or go to their website, ejamoving.com, and tell them that Just Joe sent you. Me just jumping in here just to remind you, just to remind you that the Royal Auto Group and Jason Allen are a sponsor of this amazing podcast. Thank you, Jason. RoyalAutoGroup.com. That is RoyalAutoGroup.com. The Just Show podcast is brought to you by Advantage Hardwood Floors. And my good friend Charlie, when it comes to hardwood floors, nobody better in the Central New York area than him. He's been doing it his entire life. I mean entire life. You've walked on floors that he's probably done. You've seen floors. You've seen basketball probably played on those floors. You just ripped up some carpet in your house, realized you got these beautiful hardwood floors underneath it. You want to make them look good? Call Charlie. Call Charlie at 315-463-0674 or at Advantage Hardwood Floors at gmail.com good morning good morning well i'm saying good morning because i'm recording this in the morning you can probably tell by my morning voice so i just woke up about 30 minutes ago uh this is episode 44 44 the elusive well not elusive it's a legendary number here in syracuse 44 worn by some of the greatest football players to ever play at syracuse jim brown ernie davis floyd little just to name a few. Just to name a few. Joe Morris. Um, Rob Conrad. Man, there's so many. Episode 44. It means a lot here in Syracuse. So I am waking up. I'm eating a bowl of fruit, getting my day going. And I've been wanting to get this uh, this guest on for quite some time now. We have tried to schedule a few times, but our life's gotten pretty busy. And I joke about it all the time that I have an easier time actually getting, you know, full-time rock stars to commit to a better, you know, like we've been able to schedule a lot better than, than this, but I, this is my buddy, John LaMana. He is from Rochester, Rochester area. I should say he's from the Finger Lakes region and he's in a band called cry to the blind, cry to the blind, been a staple in the Syracuse and upstate music scene for quite some time now. I want to say 10, 15 years I met John originally. He was in a band called 40 Ounce, probably about 15, almost 20 years ago. John and I have uh, had a deep friendship over the years, a mutual admiration of each other's work. Um, He also is a solo guitarist, uh, plays a lot of the same venues I do in the Finger Lakes region. So uh, we're going to chat music because that's what we do on the Just Joe podcast. Again, a huge shout out to my sponsors, Advantage Hardwood Floors, EJA Moving Services, and the Royal Auto Group. 
and Jason Allen. So everybody, please welcome episode 44 guest, John Lamont. Hello, sir. What's up, buddy? Nothing much, man. <laughs> we both get, we both have morning voices. I was just doing, yeah. I was doing the intro to mine, and I'm like, man, my voice sounds deeper than it normally does. Hello, like, hello, very white, exactly. Yeah, but this is part this, of it's the the stuffy nature of things. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm like my freaking nose has been this way for weeks, so it's weird. Yeah, well, that's that's why I didn't. Uh, that's why I didn't originally go get tested because all I had was a stuffy nose and I was sneezing. And I, this time of year, I get those allergies. Common. Yeah, because all when all the leaves are on the ground, it's the worst time of year for me. You get yeah, same dude. It's brutal. So I didn't think anything of it. My body's a little sore, but I'm like, dude, my body's always sore from working out. So I didn't think it. Yeah, yeah. Until I started feeling a little bit more crummy, and then all of a sudden I lost my sense of smell and taste, and I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't good, you know. But, I mean, yeah, yeah. I had a couple of days of, then then I felt a little crummy. Once you, once I knew what it was, then I was like, oh, boy, here, you know, what's going to happen now? You know, it's the, yeah, whole, yeah. it's the whole, like, you know, it's going to get into my chest. Am I going to have a fever? But at that point, yeah. I, I already had it for a few days, but I weathered it. I weathered it all right. Part of me feels a little relieved that I've gotten it out of the way. <laughs> I was like, cool, yeah. all right, oh, yeah. cool, now I got it over with, you know. That was how I felt the first time, like, once, you know, once I got it out of the way. Like I said, I was like, oh, okay, I'm probably good now. You know, um, at least from a lot of what I've read, and nope, so it is what it is, man. You know, yeah, it is what it is. Live and learn, but I'm, I don't know. I'm probably gonna go get jabbed up now because it's kind of like, what's the point? And if I know I can keep getting this thing, like, might as well like mitigate the impact every time I get it. Yeah, yeah, man. Dude, I mean, honestly, the reason why the symptoms showed up the way they did with me when I talked to my. I didn't actually talk to my doctor, doctor, but one of my really close friends is a MD and she's been working on the front lines of this for, you know, since day one. Yeah. And I talked to her and I'm like, why didn't I think this, 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 and this? And she goes, well, the one they're not telling people is that when you are vaccinated, your symptoms are completely opposite of what everyone else thinks is COVID. You know, you're, you know, every, every, I mean, every symptom is a COVID symptom, but hmm. when, when you have the vaccine and it's a Delta variant, it'll show up exactly the way it did for you, but they don't, they're not telling you you're, they're just yeah. saying everything else. So she goes, that's why, but she yeah. goes that she goes, that's one, it's a good thing that's shown that the vax is working for you. Yeah. And yeah, that and, there's and, antibody support there. That's right. like, right. Yeah. She goes, it's already doing its thing. And she goes, it's going to be a crummy few days, but she'll be fine. So she, she was right. She was right. So, Yep. I was thankful that for that because I mean I mean look at Joe from STEM I mean dude he almost, I know man he almost, I've been talking to him the entire time and I mean dude he almost died he almost I know. he told me yesterday when I talked to him yesterday and he's like I didn't realize that when they transferred me to Elmira that I was on the extreme ICU list they didn't didn't think I was going to recover. I, I mean, I didn't get in that conversation with him. Like, hey, man, what if you were, you know, blah blah blah. I mean, that's yeah. He wasn't vaccinated though. No. Yeah, that's dude. Trust me. When I got it the first time, like we went to Florida, <laughs> go figure. Like right. in April, and um, we we're on the plane coming home, like getting ready for the plane to take off, and my daughter had hot Cheetos, 
and I stole one out of the bag. I hate those things, but I was just messing with it. So I stole one out of the bag and ate it, and I'm like, what the hell? Right. I'm like, Julia, give me another one of those. She's fine, leave me alone. She gave me another one, and I handed it to my wife, and she's like, I hate these things, and I'm like, taste this right now. Yeah. And I look at her in the eye, and she's like, what the fuck? She puts it in her mouth and it just looks at me and starts shaking her head. I'm like, yeah, bird. When you can't chase hot Cheetos, dude, you're, you're done, though, yeah. man. But you know immediately. So like, oh, my God. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it was, we, were, we were scared for sure, man. Like, yeah. She had it real bad. Like, yeah. six, eight weeks, she had no energy whatsoever. It could hardly work. You know, it was really, really hard. Yeah, my- But I was like... Yeah, it's, it's it's different, man. It's it, you never know. I mean, me, my my energy levels are. I went back to the gym yesterday for the first time, yeah. and I I couldn't. You know, I scaled everything, but I definitely f- near the end of the workout of the half hour or so, I was like, yeah, I'm a little tired. So, oh yeah, yeah, it's gonna take me a bit, but you know, it is what it is. Yep. But on that point, man, let's let's talk about music instead of yeah. COVID, COVID. But like yeah. on yeah. on this, I mean, I I hit roll as soon as I the phone starts ringing, but my producer will produce the you know chop all like edit it down. To, yeah, yeah, but and and I just kind of let this go. It's not your typical like, well, hey, how did you start playing music? It's not that type. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. I was kinda, gonna ask. <laughs> no, nah, we just we I just rap, you know, and see where it goes, cool. you know. So you know, cool. depends on whatever. But I mean, I, I prefaced this whole intro that, you know, credit the blind has been a staple in the upstate music scene for, it seems a long time now. How how many, how many years has credit the blind been a band? We've been a band since I think like 2006, 2007, somewhere in there. I I, I actually don't even remember. I was going to say it's been 15, about 15 years. And I was like, wow, man, it's been 15 years. But I originally met you when you were in a band called 40 Ounce. Mm hmm. Yep. 40 Ounce slash 40 Ounce Failure. Yep. Oh yeah, that's right. 40 Ounce Failure. (laughs) Yep. We changed our, we took the word failure out of it after a while because people could hey man you might not succeed if you have the word failure in your name oh god i remember yeah interesting yeah you you have those conversations i remember when we handed uh Century media our second record when we gave them recipe for disaster and they're yeah. like yeah could we maybe think about renaming the record we're like no why they're like well it kind of lends itself for critics to be like recipe for disaster well of course you know? and we're like i'm like what i'm like the record companies had the funniest i mean some of their record their yeah. reasoning and also on that record we also our a and our guy came back to us and and asked us if we had too, he thinks we have too many pick slides <laughs> what? on the album. We're like, and he, oh he counted them guys. We need to have a talk. There are 17 pick slides. On this right. He's like, he was like, so I don't even, he goes, it's really, it really upset, you know, really, um, excessive how many pick slides you guys have on this record. Uh, and we're God. like, what? We're like, what? We're like, he's like, yeah, you got, I, th- I want to say the number was like 40. We're like, we uh, don't even know how many it is. It's our, that's our thing. You know, it's like a pinch yeah. harmonic for, you know, Zach Wilde. That's, that's their sound. And then we're like, right. We're like, this is what you're going to come back to us with. Like after listening to the record and your critique, one of your critiques is that there's, right. so you're asking us Not- to take out the pick slides. Like the, okay. So <laughs> now we've got to go back and re-record the record. 
yeah, exactly. Just to take out this one, like, <sighs> not to change songs and song structure and like yeah. anything. You know, vital to it's like it's like he's like I he goes I have to do my job on some level. What am I going to pick on? Which is it's 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 funny because I really enjoyed. I'm still friends with that A and R guy, but it was like he almost. And I think it was like one of his first like records that he was in charge of, and I think he was just like you know he had to be hyper focused on everything. Uh Yeah, and that pressure to like changed something yeah. but yeah. so we cried in a blind you guys have been not only a band for 15 years but you guys have had some like moments of like very active and then inactivity and then active and then inactivity yeah. it kind of, and that's what it seems to me and i'm sure that's really what it is but oh uh, for sure but i mean that happens because of life right i mean it, yeah yeah i think a lot of it was lineup changes too, you know, um, we started off, we started off with me and Jason, the drummer and, um, Jesse Maddie on guitar and vocals and, and Corey on bass and, um, our friend Ryan on guitar. And then Ryan got probably about 2011, 2012. He got real tired of playing shows and just and practicing and just all the stuff that goes into being in a band. Like he, he was more into like the, the bro stuff, like wanting to hang out and stuff. And, and we were all getting wicked serious about, you know, trying to get signed and all that stuff. And he just wasn't really feeling that. So we ended up replacing him with, um, with Matt Spaker who, wrote a lot of the second album and recorded the second album. But so there was a break there when we added Matt. And then a couple of years later we went back to Ryan. So there was a break there. And then, then we broke up again, um, like 2017, I want to say 2016, 2017. Then I was in the alpha fire for a little while. That's right. A couple of years, yeah. two, three years with, uh, well, Sal was rich. Sal, John Crilly was the original drummer of the Alpha Fire, and then he couldn't commit to us because of like the thoughts of Stain and everything else he was doing at the time. So he hooked us up with um, with Chad Saliga. So then we had Chad um, in the band for like I don't know six eight months, which was really really cool to play with another guy that has like platinum records on the wall. You yeah. know, like I literally almost knocked one down when we went to his house to jam in, in Pennsylvania. <laughs> The Breaking Benjamin, um, oh gosh, I'm going to forget which album it was, but he had the platinum record right on the wall. It was one of the last like rock albums that went platinum too. Anyway, I was setting up my crappy PA, like freaking out in his basement. And I like legitimately almost knocked it off the wall. And he was like, oh dude, don't even worry about it, man. I don't, I don't care about that thing. He, he's the sweetest thing on earth. But jammed with him and the Alpha Fire for like, I don't know. The Alpha Fire was like three years. And then we just were getting so much. Nobody really liked the Alpha Fire. It was a little bit too like heady for people, I think. And people just like, once you're, you're the singer of some band that people like, even if it's just on a regional level, like they just always associate you with that band. I think like psychologically. So <laughs> yeah, all I got was, are you guys going to play any cry to the blind songs at your shows? Are you going to do racking ball? Are you going to do this and that? And I was like, Oh my God. So eventually I, i I got into it with um, the guitarist in the Alpha Fire. We're, we're actually, we actually just reconnected after like not talking for a couple of years. Um, he's an amazing musician. Um, but uh, we got the original lineup back together and um, did a reunion show. It was really cool. Um, and then it was kind of the same thing with Ryan. Ryan 
um, from Cry to the Blind did not want to do as many shows as we wanted to do. And I did, we just kind of felt bad. Like we felt like we kind of pushed him into it. Cause we did kind of manipulate him into doing a reunion when we knew he, he just wasn't really into being in a band anymore. So we ended up uh, getting Kevin Brennan to, um, who had randomly reached out to me right around that time that Ryan was like, I really don't want to do this. Um, Kevin Brennan had reached out to me and was like, Hey, come over to my house and jam. And we brought our stuff over there and he like knew all the songs and was like, so into it and it was just like hard to quit because he, he really is quite honestly I tell him all the time that he's like the reason I still do that band yeah. I just I adore him he works so hard and he's so good and well, he just what, makes everything really easy yeah when you get when you got people that are more or less leading the charge and feeding your fire you know it makes it yeah, easier yeah. For, for you to do things when you feel like it, it's not not to say that you're the only body, only person in the band like doing that. But when you have someone that's also reciprocating it, it makes things a lot easier because man, bands, I tell people all the time, you know, cause people, you know, always say like, well, why brand new send this and brand new send that? Because again, you know, I could, I fronted yep. elephant mountain and in front of a few other bands, but they, it always comes mm-hmm. back, always comes back to that. And I'm just, yep. I go, I don't think you guys really understand how hard it is to be in a band. I go, I go, you're yep. married or got a girlfriend, right? Yeah. And I'm like, you've had multiple girlfriends, all that stuff. It's hard, man. It's hard. I go, yeah. Like, well, imagine trying to do that with like four or five other dudes. You know, it's, it's right. the same type of, there's a lot of similarities in that. And I go, you, you're going to multiply that. And then also multiply their lives on top of that. You know, it, yep. it's yep. very hard, especially when, that's not your job anymore. You know, mm-hmm. there was a time when mm-hmm. brand new sin was our jobs, but there were still outside influences. Cause some of them had to like, you know, work a little bit of job. We all had to work side jobs when we weren't on the road. Yeah. Yeah. It gets tough, man. But when you have someone like you said, like with Kevin in the van, it makes things so much easier and enjoyable. I think that's yeah, really yeah. what it comes down to. Because yeah. And, and he's, He's like, he has no kind of, there's just no drama with him. You know what I mean? There's, there's no, everything is easy right down to the way he argues. <laughs> like he just doesn't, he doesn't argue. He states his position and the reason for his position in like the most amicable way possible. He never, we never ever like get into it. Even when we're quote unquote, you know, arguing or trying to figure out something together. Like it's just never, it never gets like snotty, you know? No, that that's good, but but you're good. Let's put it this way. Now I'll go back 15 years. The goals of your band are completely different, and they've changed yeah. multiple times across the thing. Because as you said, and you mentioned earlier on in the story, is that like your your goal was to get signed and like you know have a deal and do tours and try yep. to see where you could take this band, and then then it probably changed a little bit. But like what your goal for yep. the band is now is obviously, yep. you know more ground yeah, it's more grounded now i mean let's let's start with now like what's what's your goal for what's the goal for a band that's someone in their 40s and they just want to make music what's what's your goal now just you know it's it's funny and that's such a good question cuz it, it has evolved so much over time um i would say i mean our goal right now is to be to keep writing and recording music cuz we feel like our best stuff is 
like all on that last EP we did a couple of years ago that it really didn't get a whole lot of like press or whatever, but, um, we keep writing, keep recording. And mostly just if we can, I would say if we have a goal, we haven't even really like verbalized a goal, but if we could be like, continue to be, or be one of the biggest like regional bands in upstate and, you know, pick up opening gigs for, you know, nationals here and there and maybe a festival here and there. I think that would be more than enough for us really. Like we all have careers and, um, and our, our, you know, families and, and wives and kids and the whole thing. So it's, we don't have as much time to commit to, you know, the whole trying to get signed and all that kind of thing. And, and realistically, who's going to sign a rock band with a bunch of guys that are 40. Right. Right. There's and even if you did, there's just like, we couldn't do it. There's no money to be made. <laughs> exactly. I, I tell and people, we know that. Yeah. And people all the time, like, well, what, what if Brandon reunited? I'm like, well, we are reunited, but like, what are we going to do? We didn't make money when we right. had a record label and we had press and we had videos on MTV and the landscape yep. was way even better. I mean, it wasn't ideal, yeah. but it was better. Like what, what, what do we think we're going to do now? We all have mortgages and kids and, mm-hmm. and some of the kids are like going into college cause they've gotten so like, what do you think we're doing? Yeah. Like, you know, like we can, they're like, well, what if you did just some, you know, weekend touring? I'm like, that's when I make my money. I'm not going to go yeah, in a van. Yep. You know, I, 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 you're going to yep. tell me I'm going to leave off $2,000 and go lose $2,000. Like, it doesn't make sense. Exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Be a quote unquote rock star and, and do that whole thing. But what you guys have accomplished, and we'll get, talk about some of your accomplishments here in a minute, but what you guys have accomplished and are still accomplishing right now is, is what, majority 99% of all the bands in the area or in any area would ever want be like, dude, I just want to be able to open for hinder. I want to be able to open for black rides, which you guys did in one week. You did that in a span of a few days. You opened for two very well-known platinum selling artists. And some, some bands would be like, dude, that was the pinnacle of our career. And you've done that handful of times. So like, in perspective, sometimes you're like, man, well, you know, we're still just opening for this band. We got no room on the stage. Whereas other people would be like, dude, that was the coolest thing I ever did with my, Oh my God, that was the best day. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you, you you have that, you have that, um, thankfulness and perspective that, 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 you know, this, this is pretty cool, you know? Absolutely. and and let's get back. I mean, I think you're. I think your guys' biggest accomplishment, and you're not. I know you're not going to disagree with this. Is that you had a viral cover of yeah. Miley Cyrus's "Wrecking Ball." I don't know, what, five years ago, six years ago. What, it was whenever, right around when it came out. So about two thousand. 2014, I want to say. 2000. Oh wow, it's been I, that long. I think it's. Um, yeah, it has been. It's been. It's been longer than five years. It was literally like right when the song came out, which was that did help it a lot. Right. Um, well, that, that so many people were searching it up and listening to it, right. and then finding a cover yeah. and being like, "What the hell?" Yeah, well, that's what that's what. There's a lot of artists out there that that's what they do. They are they are cover artists, you know. Whether yep. they're a full yep. band or, you know, someone's soul and they'll find, all right, shoot, what is the biggest song right now? And yep. they'll just record all those big songs, hoping that someone will search it, stumble upon it, and they become viral in some yep. way. Um, yep. 
you guys went super viral with it to the point where and probably that was probably the closest that you guys got to getting signed. You got airplay and, and some yep. random, you know, markets around the country. Oh, yeah. um, yep. What was the, I mean, was that the intention of when you guys recorded that? Or you were like, man, this would sound pretty cool if we did a heavy version of this song, or did you think man, we could do this and this could go viral or, you know, it's so, it's so funny. Like we did a lot of stuff that I would say was like really contrived back in the day. Like, you know, there was a clear, like, agenda behind it. Yeah. Um, this, that, <laughs> that video and everything about that whole thing was just, this seems like a really cool idea. You know, I don't know. I heard the song on the way to work one day. I was, like, scrolling through the radio, and that song came on, and I had never heard it because it was brand new. And it just immediately, I was like, this is a rock song. Like, it just, the chord progression in the chorus, I was like, I can just hear this you know, that whole swing of it. And, um, I texted the group chat and I'm like, have any of you guys heard this, uh, you know, this Miley Cyrus wrecking ball and, and Ryan was like, dude, I heard that song the other day and I'm like dying to cover it. And I'm like, well, let's do it. Let's work on it at practice. And we happened to practice like, I don't know, a couple of days later. And, um, we like literally threw the whole thing together in five seconds, got a hold of, um, Kevin Murphy, who, uh, he, he runs a studio called Oblivion Studios in Rochester where we still, he still mixes our stuff. We record it ourselves now, but we were like, hey, can we come down and record this song real quick? And um, he did it for really, really cheap. And then we just, we took, um, I think it was Jesse's iPhone or, or video camera or something. And we just made a quick video of us. After we finished the recording, we made a quick little video. Um, just, you know. Acting, that, acting you know, like yeah, acting like you're recording the song, yeah, 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 yeah. Just the black and white, you know. Didn't even like talk about like, hey man, what are you gonna wear for the video? <laughs> there was like no discussion of any of that. Like, you know, it was just as organic as possible. And then um, we put it out, and it just YouTube, like the YouTube link on and on Facebook, it just was going insane, like was right it, away. Yeah, I was gonna say it was pretty pretty instant it wasn't like hey it sat there for a few weeks and then all of a sudden got traction but no that all of a sudden got traction like did you wake up one morning and be like damn dude we we just got like 20 Uh, plays like what the yeah it was cool it was really cool you know you wake up and we were counting you know the number of shares and everything like every day and it was just you know into the hundreds and thousands and it was like wow man like this is really this is really something and um so then we hired we had no money. So as you know, in radio, like if you want to, if you want to try to push something on radio, you really need to hire one of those um, radio promotion companies to harass radio stations. So that's what we did. We only, we borrowed two grand or 2,500 from uh, one of our friends that used to be our merch girl. Um, and we did pay her back. Um, but we borrowed, uh, we borrowed two grand from her and we hired, uh, Tommy Casarino hooked us up with a company called radio contraband mm-hmm. that started pushing the song for us, um, on radio. And it, a lot of the plays we were getting were on those, um, 
oh gosh, what are we, the non-corporate rock radio stations. So like K-Rock, for example, I'm not sure if they still fall under that umbrella, but back in the day, at least they, they, they were. They did for quite a while. I mean, radio is so different now. I can't even, yeah, it's I can't changed even tell so you. Much. But, but those, those yeah. stations still exist. I remember there was, uh, for years, there was a... Independent. Very independent. Like. There was one in Rochester called, it was 90.5. I can't remember. Yeah, BER. BER. WBR is amazing. Uh, and, yep. they, and when I was in college in the mid-90s, they that that was how I discovered like Deftones and Miami Boston's, all those things yep. because they were, and they would just play the most weird shit, but that's where you're probably yep. getting most of your plays. That's why like, wasn't there a radio station in the Midwest that was like blowing your... Yeah, man, it's funny. I can't remember the name of it, and I feel bad, um, but it's been so long. But it was in Water... I grew up in Waterloo, New York, and it was in Waterloo, Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) Right. The station. But we were up to, like, I remember looking at the chart one week for, like, the most most played... It was either the most played or the most requested song um, list that they had, and it was, like, you know... Avenge Sevenfold, number one, Disturbed, number two, Cry to the Blind, number three, and then like another 45 national bands like after us. And I was like, man, this is, this is crazy. You know, like, but, um, we did not have anything in place to like really capitalize on Wrecking Ball. And I think that was our mistake. We did not, we could have built a little tour based on the metrics that we were getting from radio and really, um, started something up. Yeah, but um, dude, I mean, we could have built on, but that, it didn't. Right, but at that point in your you know, career, you guys are already like, yeah, we're we're dads, we have jobs, we have, yeah, we're in college, we're all these things. So it's yep. like, um, yep. and you honestly didn't really think that it was going to go that way, and for you guys to completely yep. navigate that correctly was, you know. I I yep. equated what you guys did to Freeman Hanley's um, lollipop, yep. and yep, very and, similar. and it was like okay, they were going on all these radio tours because of that song, and they had an album, so they were yep. like okay, cool. And I mean, I don't think that band had anything other than that song, unfortunately. But I mean, yeah, yeah. that's what you guys ideally would have done. Like, Hey, we're going to do this because record labels have been doing that for years. We were, when we were with Sony for a little while, their thing was like, all right, try. We recorded like four or five covers. Cause their thing is like, okay, we're going to have a, we're having a hard time breaking you to radio. So why don't yep. you, why don't you find us a cover? We'll use that as a way to break the band. Because I mean, there's tons of bands that have been broken because of that. And then they, but they backed mm-hmm. it up with all these hits like shine down didn't hit right away would fly from the inside. And then they put out simple man. And then all of a sudden yeah. like, boom. And they're like, okay, now here's the other songs. And that was what yeah. bands. So yeah. Well, that, that version is just so incredible. Right, too, right. And it was recorded in the, it was recorded in a living room on a, on a laptop. You know, it was like, yeah. it was, there was a fluke of a song. So that, yeah. but you guys didn't have all that ready or nor were you guys already to be like, all right, we're going to drop everything in life and see what happens right now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We just weren't ready to do, that we had already kind of gone through that phase so we were just sort of settling back down into well let's you know cause we chased the whole record deal thing when, when Matt was in the band Baker was in the band that's when we had our manager trying to chase down anything and everything you know um, tours and whatever we were really going for it at that time because Matt was very driven um, business wise also so that was kind of the time period when we were chasing all that. And then when, when Matt left the band and and Ryan came back, we went back to just kind of 
just being bros, you know, and let's be kind of like what we're doing now, you know, like, let's just make music and have fun. And if people are showing up and we don't look ridiculous up there, then we'll keep doing it. Um, <laughs> well, it was there, was there a moment and I know I've had this moment and I've talked to other people. Was there a moment where you're like, there was like a depression that kind of set in when you realized it wasn't going to happen, you know, not just around rock yeah. and roll, but when you're like, man, I just, I, I don't think it's, I think it's over with. I don't think uh-huh. it's going to happen. Yeah. And that's a very, that's hard. Some musicians yeah. never get yeah. over. Some musicians never transition out of that. And uh-huh. they, especially yeah. when they were either signed or really close to being signed mm-hmm. or even moderately successful, they feel like, like, well, yeah. that's it. I got to go back to working wherever I work and never play music again. I mean, obviously yeah. that happened to you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. It's a, it's a, that whole thing, you know, having to deal with the fact that like, I'm not going to be who I, who I had always envisioned I was going to be. Um, having to deal with that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to deal with um, because it's so out of your control and it it doesn't fit into the box that you had built. You know, Um, of course, you know, going into it, there's such a, such a small fraction of people ever actually get to that level, you know, and it's obviously, you know, a whole bunch of things have to, the stars have to align for it to happen. But yeah, I, I remember telling my wife when we got married, you know, that, her hardest time dealing with me was going to be at the moment when I realized that it wasn't going to happen because for so many years I had convinced myself that I was going to make it happen no matter what, you know, yeah. I was just going to will the band to, to a record deal, um, just by self belief and by hard work and all of that. And then, and yeah, we got close, but, um, it was really, really hard coming to grips with, um, not, you know, realizing that it wasn't going to happen. And, you know, I've had lots of ways that I've dealt with that. Some good, some bad, um, really like putting aside a lot of that was, I really discovered later on was ego driven. And a lot of the stuff that I did back then was very ego driven and oh. very like everybody look we're, at me. We're, we're musicians. That, that's <laughs> the heart of it. That's yep. the way we, we were born at where like, like the reason why yep. we got into it is be completely ego driven. And if anyone tells you yep. I did it for the music, they're full of shit. Yeah. They're, so they're full of it. Shit. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. A hundred percent. So, and it, you know, the more people clap for you and the more we talk about this all the time at home, but you know, that's one of the strange benefits of living with a therapist, but you know, <laughs> the, she's like, she'll, she'll mess with me every now and then. I mean, like, you just want people to clap for you. And I'm like, geez, man, you know, you're pushing a button there for sure. Yeah. You know, but, but yeah, coming to grips with that was hard, really, really hard. But I remember my dad, my dad, God, growing up, my dad and I had a, not not the best relationship when I was little, but he is like one of my best friends now, and he always gives me like the best advice. And he told me a couple of years ago, um, he was like, "You," he goes, "You don't realize right now." He's like, "But you have everything. Like you're in the best possible scenario for yourself um, in terms of your music because you get to go home." you get to play your shows, go home, everybody worships you, whatever. And then you get to come home to your wife and sleep in your own bed and you, and you make money and you don't, he's like, dude, you have it made. He's like, you're looking at this all the wrong way. It's all the way you're looking at it. Yeah. You're looking, looking it blew my mind. Now I had very similar conversations. 
Just a reminder, the Just Joe podcast is brought to you by EJA Moving Services. Located out of Utica, Rome area, they helped move me a couple years ago. They were fantastic. Check them out, ejamoving.com at 315-335-0516. The Just Joe Podcast is brought to you by the Royal Auto Group and Salesman Supreme, Jason Allen. He knows how to make a deal. Trust me, he's a good buddy of mine. I've seen him do it. You guys looking for something new, something pre-owned, something new to you? Take the short drive down 81 to Cortland, New York, to the Royal Auto Group. They have four different franchises there. They have Chevy, they have Buick, they have Nissan, they have Subaru, and they have many lenders for any credit situation. Their service is open for all your vehicle needs, as well as the -the state-of-the-art body shop. So stop down and see Jason today, theroyalautogroup.com, or find Jason on Facebook and tell him that Just Joe sent you. The Royal Auto Group, home of the no-hassle, razzle-dazzle, $400 referral fee. This is just a reminder that the Just Joe podcast is brought to you by Advantage Hardwood Floors Incorporated. 315-463-0674 for all your hardwood floor needs. Brand new sin, and I was just kind of for a year trying to figure out what the hell I was going to do, and uh, and then I kind of fell into this whole Just Joe thing, and it yep. was awesome, you know. And I can feel that building, but I always felt like I'm like, oh, people are looking at me like, man, look at this poor dude. He was like used to be on tour with Motorhead and all this, and now he's playing yeah. in the corner of bars, <laughs> you know, singing, yep. you know, Don't Stop Believing, and I felt. Yeah. way off but i think and i think i've talked about this in maybe another podcast but when when it really sunk in for me and when i had a different perspective on as a uh, clutch came through town and yep. still pretty you know i'm not tight with those guys but when we see each other we definitely hang and we catch up we're you know we're buddies so they yep. were playing the lost horizon and i went over that day um to help the promoter and i ran into the dudes and i'll sit in the back room with jp the drummer and uh yep. he's just my my favorite one of my favorite drummers on the planet and just one of my favorite people to always hang out with so He's like, hey, man, what's going on? And we're sitting in the back room, and he just constantly plays all day long. Like, there's a drum set or a drum pad set up, and he just plays all day, you know? And we're sitting back there, and he's just practicing and doing his thing. And he's like, well, so what's going on with you, man? And I told him, like, yeah, I'm I'm kind of doing weddings and (laughs) playing corner bars. Like, I'm kind of, like, putting myself down. And he's looking at me, and he's smiling. And 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 he's like, hey man. He goes, are are you paying your bills, man? I go, yeah, man. I go, I'm actually, yeah. I don't, I've never made this much money as an adult, and, and it just keeps growing yeah. and growing. And he's like, and he goes, man. He goes, and you get to go home to your bed, your same bed every night. I go, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and he starts naming all these things, and I'm like, and he looks at me. He's like, dude, you figured it out, bro. I'm yeah. like, <gasps> he goes, dude. He goes, you're in the best. He goes how lucky are you? You, you get to still play music. He goes, are you still writing music? You still jam with the band? You still got your original fix on the side. Yeah. And he goes, do yep. you care if it makes any money? I'm like, no, I'm making money doing the other thing. He's like, dude, yep. he goes, you got, you, you've made it. I'm like, yep. but you've made it. You're in clutch. And he's like, yeah, but he's like, dude, he goes, you know how hard it is. Like we can't just play every night of the week. <laughs> All right. year round, we'll exhaust our markets. We only have we only do original music and and right. we're running the business Ooh, ourselves. Out. Yeah, and he goes, yeah, we're making five grand, six grand tonight, but you know, a thousand of that goes to our crew, and you know, another thousand goes to that bus, and then we got to pay this person yep. and that person. And so at the end yeah, of the day, he goes, he goes, at the end of the day, you know, and I told him like we, then we started talking numbers, and he's like, well, how much money? And, you know, I told him, and he's like, 
you make more money than I do. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And it was, yeah. It, it was really that conversation. And after that, I had a bunch of other conversations after that. And then that was when my perspective towards what I do as a musician completely changed. And I don't have mm-hmm. any delusions of grandeur at this point. So if anything comes right. along that is like in that realm of like maybe getting signed or me redoing the big show steam song a couple months ago, if those things come yeah, along, yeah, yeah. they're just icing on top. They're, they're cherries on top of a really awesome career that I've yep. already had and I'm still happy. Yep. So I'm like, yep. yeah, man, when you get to the other side, like you said, and I just said, man, it's, it's a really beautiful place and there's a there's a freedom there's a freedom there Mm -hmm. that you don't get when you're trying to chase the carrot so so well said dude so well said and it sounds like our path has been like really similar in that way too yeah it's you know it it Um, was it wasn't what we intended on doing but i'm like man when i'm sitting there streaming twitch and i got you know three four hundred people in there and People, they're, they're messaging me and, you know, people from around the world, like, man, you made my night tonight. Like I had a really crappy day, you know, the same thing you get in person, but now I'm reaching these people on all all parts of the globe. And when you walk away, you know, even though I'm tired, I walked away. I'm like, man, I, if I made a difference in a few people's lives tonight, like I made the day and I'm like, dude, that's And I didn't even yeah, leave. My, I didn't even leave my house. You know, like or I literally just, walked over and turned everything on and started right. playing. Or, yeah. or you, you, you know, you went to a venue like Ventosa and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. and yeah. you did the same thing. You don't, you don't know what impact one song will have on a person, and you may not even know that. They might even tell you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Most of the time, yep. they won't. Most of the time, you won't get the accolade back for them, but you know that you yeah. are. They show you in in different ways. I've seen people tear up. I've seen people like when when the guy randomly marches up and throws a twenty in the tip jar and like won't look at you after like a ballad. I'm like, oh man, that, that hit something. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. You notice those little things like, and you're super grateful for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you notice those those little things like, oh, that must have struck a chord. You know, you play you played some song that that reminded him of something, or you know. Well, now, so. now that you're like an, an, um, you're an old timer, even though you may not feel like an old timer, dude, you've been doing this, for, <laughs> you've been doing this long enough to know that like, no, I'm, I'm, you're an old timer. Yeah. You're, you're <laughs> accepted. Like, I mean, there's guys in, that I looked up to in this town, you know, they're like the guys in hard promises, you know, that played, yeah, oh, you yeah. know, they've been in this, they've been doing it double the amount of time that I have. And these other cats in Syracuse, like, you know, people like Joe Whiting and, and Ronnie yep. Lee and like yep. legends in this town that like I looked up to and still look up to. And then they start talking to me like I'm on their level. Sometimes I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm, I'm, I'm not a part of this. I'm still just a kid. And they're like, dude, you, you've been doing it. You're part of us now, you know? So like yeah. When, yeah. when, when you have, when you realize that and then you have these younger kids coming to you like asking for advice and it's like oh yeah. my god where do, where do I start kid where do I start kid you yeah. know but it's like yeah. I always like try to tell them the sooner you can get to the position that I'm in not necessarily what I'm doing but in headwise yeah. like you and I just talked about sooner you can get to that headspace the better it's going to be for your career in yeah. the long run yeah <laughs> Yeah. And just the better for your mental health, you know, like all those years chasing the carrot and getting so close and getting let down by people and it impacts you. Um, it impacts your, your ego, your relationships, um, your decisions. You know, I was, I used to, I drove 
everybody in the band crazy for a couple of years. Cause I was just so hell bent on this is what we're going to do. And we're going to make this happen that I would sit in my car and avoid people like I was Celine Dion before we went on because I didn't want to use my voice at all. So I would like hide, I would hide from people and I would get so like keyed up before we went on stage that I was, it always took me a couple songs for my voice to warm up. Even if I was warming up in the car, it always, I was so worked up like mentally and emotionally about the impact that that this dumb show in Waterloo was going to have on my life. You know, (laughs) like I was, I took everything way too seriously is what I'm trying to say. And and I drove everybody nuts around me. They were like, dude, you got to settle down, like have some fun, go have a beer. No, man, I can't drink before we play. It messes up my voice. (laughs) Everything messes up my voice. And I, you know, it, like, um, but you you were messing up your voice worse than any of the other things that uh, I was doing it to myself <laughs> by being so worked up about everything and not really trusting that you know what is what is going to be is going to be you know yeah like I was just so focused on willing on my own will being like what was going to happen that I, I missed uh, I missed a lot. There, you know? It's hard, man. It's a, that's a it's a hard uh, tightrope to walk, uh, especially yeah. being especially being a singer because you are the conduit. You know, no, no offense to the other guys in the band, but we all know in a band, the person that's connecting the music to the crowd is usually the guy that's singing it, you know, so there's an added pressure on people like us, at least in my mind, to make sure that I am connecting everybody. And, and it's not that all the eyes are on me, but I am the guy funneling it to your ears and everything else. So it's like, there's that pressure there, you know? So, um, but yeah, dude, I've been, I've been in that headspace too, where I became, I, I don't know if necessarily became prima donna, but definitely got to a point where, oh man, I can't, I can't be there until 10 minutes before a show. And like, I want to uh-huh. do these things, but like, even with the brand, I don't new want sim- anyone to see me until we come out on stage. Right. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, I did that with the brand new sim reunion show just because I'm like, I can't, because there's just going to be so many people, too many people. I'm yeah. like, it, yeah. it was too big of a thing. I'm like, I'm literally going to roll in about 15 minutes before the show. I'm going to yep. come in the back door. I'm going to kind of hide, but I didn't like completely hide. You know, I came out and yeah. I didn't go out and mingle, but I mean, like it was, yep. it was also trying to put yourself in a headspace that we we're about to do 30 songs, a career spanning. Yeah. That's, you know, there was a lot around it, but, yep. um, but also shifting gears, like this entire time that you've been chasing that you were chasing that character. You've been, you've been married, man. And yeah. Yeah. And, and you're still married, <laughs> which mm-hmm. like, thank God that is, dude, that is a testament to not only to, to, to your wife, but like to, to what you guys have worked on, because I've been married yeah. and divorced, I've been married and divorced twice in this yeah. crazy business. And my story is more typical than your story. So, yeah. um, holy crap. Like how, how, I I don't I don't know how you I don't know how you've done it. I mean, I've met your wife. She's an absolute angel. She's a sweetheart, oh, and, and she obvi- obviously gets it uh, and has been supportive yeah. of you of you. But yep. dude, she very. is a rare bird, man. She's a very rare bird. She is. She's very. Um, she's she's an interesting combination of patience, but also very like direct and very. Um, She'll, she's never going to, she'll always give it to you the way it is. She'll always give it to you straight, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, sometimes I'll record a song even now, like I'll, I've been working on some solo stuff and I'll record a song and I'll, 
I'll bring it home. I'm all excited, you know, like, Hey, listen to this. And, and she's sitting there like Simon Cowell looking at me like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How much did this cost? And I'm like, dude, <laughs> but it, but it pushes me. I need people to push me. No. So I appreciate, I appreciate the honesty, but yeah, she, I mean, it's, it's been really hard on us. Um, during that whole time period when I was pushing things really, really hard and, you know, um, even through the alpha fire, like when we were driving to Johnson city just to meet Chad halfway for band practice, you know, and that was like, I was gone all the time. I was gone all the time. And, and it was, um, it did impact our relationship a lot. Like my, our, we have two daughters and our girls were really little then, like probably like two and four. And I was very much still in the mindset of, okay, you know, I have a family now I need to provide for my family. And I didn't have any other means of doing that. You know, I had a bachelor's degree in psychology, which is basically useless. So I was like, you know, um, I got to figure this out. I got to, I got to make this music thing work. So I put them under a lot of stress, like being gone a ton when they were little and, um, and just quite honestly, just being kind of selfish, yeah. you know, I get and, it. um, and she, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of our stuff, a lot of our relationship stuff started to get better. You know, I have like a faith background and all that yeah, stuff. Absolutely. And she started, I didn't always though. And, and she started, she started bringing me to church and it really did change like the way I, that helped me a lot to change the way I saw things too. Like in terms of me being in control of everything, like, like believing that God had a plan for me that might be different than the one that I conjured up in my head, like sort of blew my mind. So, right. um, that helped us. That's helped our relationship a lot too. Um, yeah, because I mean, know, having, I'm, having I'm, that in common too. I'm sure there was a few hairy moments where you're like, uh, Oh, oh. for sure. <laughs> I mean, that, sure. That, that, oh, yeah. that goes for any marriage, but you know, <laughs> uh, uh, being, being, being with a musician and married to a musician, I mean, if I could yep. have both of my ex-wives yep. on here and have the conversations, they don't yeah, know man. they don't know each other, but I'm sure they would have very similar, you know, yeah, very similar stories yep. in in some. And regards. I'm waiting for him to come home after the gig, and he's talking to everyone. And, right, yep. right, yeah. It was, it was, you know, and and I was, it, dude. It's that's why I've been so weary after all these years to like put myself back into a relationship. And part of it is fear of like, Oh my God, you know one, I mean, I've, I've failed a few times, but that doesn't anything. Yeah, but it, it's not so much the failure. It's the Holy crap. I'm like, our this life I live is so different. Yeah. Are you going to be able to understand this type of thing? So it's not, yeah, yeah. and it's let not, me do my thing. And yeah. And let me do my thing. Let me shine. Like I'm going to come home to you. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to, you know, you're, you're my thing, but like, um, that's yep. not easy, but it's really a testament yep. to what you guys have done. And I was wondering if your faith, uh, and you're going to church was a big factor in like, well, kind of keeping that, the, there was a glue to keep your, you know, everything together for you guys. Yeah, man. Like there's, I think that's one of the things that, that saved our marriage several times, to be honest with you, is she just doesn't really, you know, that's a last resort for her, you know? Um, so she, and God, you know, we've been together since high school, since 1995, we met in high school and start, and just fell like madly in love. And then, um, she was a year older than me. So she went away to college and then, then it was kind of funky for a couple of years, you know, a few breakups here and there, but we were always, we were always together, you know, Dude, that's, that's 20, that's 26 years, bro. Yeah. It's not, so when you get that, time. 
when you get that close with someone, like you know each other so well and you know how to push each other's buttons so easily. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like, it's like, a, a, I don't want to sound gross, but it's almost like a brother-sister kind of relationship. Well, no, I mean, it, that's, it does get that way. I mean, you're going to get to a yeah. point where, you know, it, it, it is, it's morphed into those things because it's, it's, it's it may be a divert here a little bit relationships yeah. are always going to, you know, you have that initial like, Oh my God, this is great. And I, I want it all the time. It's like, Oh my God, it's the first time you ever tried like pizza. You're like, dude, I want to eat pizza mm-hmm. every day. I just yeah. want pizza, all the pizza, <laughs> give me all the pizza. But at some point you're like, man, it's just, man, I'm just eating pizza every day. It's the same pizza every yeah. day. So it's like, okay, how do you yeah. transition and be like, man, I still love pizza, but this is the same pizza, you know? So like, how do, right. how do we get right. that man to be able to morph right. over those years and those, and, and that's going to change. And even as you get older and then all of a sudden your kids are going to be grown up and gone and then it's just the two of you yeah. again you yeah. know and then you're going to be yeah. faced with all these other challenges because i watched my brother mm-hmm. go through that with his wife yeah. and they almost had they almost divorced when their kids were gone yeah they had this marriage for like 20 plus years and and then all of a sudden the kids were gone and then they, yeah. and they're like oh my god it's just us how do we who hang are out? we who how are do, we now yeah, yeah how do we hang out with each other when there's not like hey soccer practice or you know another kid in the house yeah. like how do yeah. we do this so it's like yeah. it's morphed and you guys have been through that a lot so that's awesome man yeah like, like uh you're you guys are a rare thing even let's exclude the musician part of it all together it's pretty rare that someone you know a couple can stay together that long Period. Yeah, man, I I appreciate it, and it's like I mean, trust me, I don't look down on anybody like yourself or anybody that that's had to say, okay, we're like this isn't working, and we have to. It's just, it really is. I don't know. I, I, it's it's hard to put my finger. I have to go back to the faith thing because I I, I I'm gonna go ahead and assume that's the only reason she held on to me a few times. No, hey, because she gives good. she has that grace element to her too. She's very very forgiving and and um and she believes in me and I and I know that and I I definitely believe in her too. So like, dude, I did things like speaking of chasing record deals and 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 doing embarrassing things. We had this label come to see us. It's the guy, I can't remember the name of the label now, but it was like 2011, 2012. This guy came in from Cleveland. He was Neil the guy Sheehan. who signed. Neil Sheehan. Neil Sheehan. Neil Sheehan almost ruined my marriage, dude. Neil Sheehan, he, Neil. didn't he sign Black Bell Brides, I think? Oh, dude. I think he's the one behind listen. Black Bell Brides, at least listen, initially. But he, this dude, if, Neil, I, if Neil Sheehan is I know, listening, I, you are a shyster. I, I, I know, I know, I know Neil. I knew Neil when he was just a promoter. Uh, yeah. I've got stories about Neil. So go ahead. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to, oh, he, gonna, ripped, yeah, he, he ripped he's, up, he's, he ripped off my buddies in vanity strikes. Um, Kevin Murphy, the guy that still records our music and Danny case, of course, from, from ashes to new, he, he ripped up, he ripped those guys off a ton of money. Yeah. yeah. We, we, he, not a nice he wanted, guy. he wanted to sign us. And we said, no, it was right before I left yep. the band, but my, my manager ripped them apart. He's like, dude, this guy's, you know. Oh, he, like, yeah. He tried so. to get our manager to wire him $50,000. Yeah. Hey, dude, Very got, interesting I, character. We'll go back to your story in a minute, but he got sued by that guy, Davey Suicide, a couple of years ago. Yep. And, yep. and Davey, Davey won. Davey yep. won that that whole deal. So like, yeah, he that, smashed him. I don't think he's in the business anymore. Uh, I don't believe he is. And if he is, he's like not where he was before, but go ahead. Tell me, I mean, dude, yeah. you almost ruined your marriage. Like, yeah, tell us yeah about man, we, um, we did a, basically a showcase for his label at, at water street in Rochester on the, on the smaller side, but it was, it was busy at the smaller side of Rochester. You get like 300 people. In yeah, there yeah. And it looks like a million. So yeah, it, it was one side. of those shows. And we, we met with him before the show. And, uh, 
he was like, Hey man, he was like, uh, you know, I see you got a ring on your finger. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, he goes, you got to do me a favor though. He goes, when you, when you go on stage, he goes, you got to take that off. And I was like, why would I do that? And he was like, well, he was like, it's not like, you know, it's like a bad thing or whatever. He's like, you just don't want, he goes, it really just shows your age. Cause you don't want to show your age. And he goes, you're 32 or whatever, but you look like you're 24. So he goes, so you take that, if you take that off, I mean, that's gonna, and the, he really preyed on my, my own like insecurities about being in my thirties and still doing that kind of thing, you know, like, and I was like, Oh man, yeah, I can look younger if I take this off, you know? So I took, I listened to him, you know, he's there to check out the band and potentially sign us. I'm going to do what he says. Right. So I took my ring off. We played the show. My wife was at the show after the show. Um, when I got home, uh, there was quite the, uh, quite the conversation about why my ring was not on my finger. Yeah. I bet. And, um, I didn't understand at the time. I was like, well, I'm just, I'm just, Hey, I'm trying to better us. I'm trying to better the family. I'm trying to, you know, be what this guy wants. So he'll, he'll sign us and we can be rock stars. And she was like, mm, you know, and I didn't get it at the time, like what he really wanted me to do that for. It wasn't to show my age was, it wasn't to make myself look younger. It was to make myself look available. Yeah. And that's exactly what it did. Um, so then after that, I know he came to see us another time after that. And I created a, a, my own little compromise for him. Cause I was not going to take it off ever again. Um, after that, that show. And so I, um, I started wearing rings on that finger on other, on other fingers because that was the only ring I had. So it was super noticeable. Right. But then yeah. when I put rings on the other fingers, then it became, it blended in a little yeah. more. So it wasn't like such a problem for him, you know, but he didn't end up signing us and we were, you're lucky you didn't sign. You're lucky you didn't sign with him because it wouldn't have, it oh, wouldn't yeah, have went anywhere. There's a lot of people yep. in this business and I don't want to sit here and, and name all these other people in the business that are in that. There's these, I mean, dude, the record label is a shiesty place as it is, but there are legitimately, you know, legit, legitimately really good people out there, really uh, good managers and labels and everything else that do the yep. best that they can. Um, but there is more of people like him that are in this business than anything else. And I've met a handful of them and there's people that all operate yep. in that same uh, I would say that tier, there's a tier of these, yeah. these guys like Neil yep. Sheehan. And there's like, I could name about four or five other guys. And I'm not going to just because it's, it's why it's no yeah. sense of yep. saying the names, but they all operate in this very thing where they all do the same thing. They all do right. the same thing in hopes that one of their bands will do something so they, they can sell them off. Uh, and his, right. his thing was always like, well, I signed black veil brides. I was the one that did this, this and this, and they're because of me. But honestly, that that's really far from the truth. They were, they were on his label for a hot second, but I mean, dude, let's yeah, put yeah. black veil vibes, put their, their work in and had other people that were doing stuff for him. But yeah, we yeah, almost, we almost signed with him. Let me put it this way before we talk too much crap about this guy. But like <laughs> he, two dealings that I had with him. One of them was we went down there and played a show in Cleveland for him. He said, come down. Yep. You know, I got the show at the, I can't remember the name of the club and booked us. And at the end of the night, he was nowhere to be found. And we were trying to get paid. Oh, boy. 
And I, I want to say STEM was on that show, too. I, I, I really think that STEM opened for us on that show, and they were gone already, or they were yep. somewhere else. Like, and Joe and Steve and all those cats and were somewhere else. And, yep. and I remember his little henchman coming up to me, and he's like, well... I'm like, oh, dude, I'm like, dude, we, this is a one-off. We just drove down here to play the show. Like, it's not cheap. It's five and a half hours and, you know. So, so we're he going, gave you the, well, you know, only so many tickets. Were right, sold, we don't, so, because, you know. well, we're going to do this other show and we'll, we'll make it up for you. He wants to make yeah. it up on that next show with a bigger guarantee and we'll do this. But, and he's like trying to hand me a hundred bucks. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, dude, this doesn't cover anything. We're, we just lost money. I'm not, I'm not saying that we needed to make money, but we came here knowing that we were going to make X amount of money and it was going to be yep. this and it didn't, it wasn't any of this. So, you know, it was, I'm like, you know yep. what? Tell, tell him that don't, don't fucking call us ever again for a show, yeah. Oh yeah, you know, cause yep. I'm, we're not doing that. And then that's when I, it was around that time when we got to know the dudes in Mushroom Head and, yep. you know, and then got really plugged in with the Cleveland scene. And then I understood what Cleveland was all about. And the guy that oh, tried yeah. to hand me the hundred bucks that night is actually a buddy of mine now, you know, like uh, he's, he's a guitar player and he worked for Neil for many years and he's got a lot of Neil stories too, but. Um, yeah, I think I know who you're talking about because we, we had, was he into like pro wrestling or something or He's he's in he I mean he plays in a man called Unsaid Fate which has got Jackie um, Skinny's um, from Mushroom Head's fiance and she's okay. Mushroom but his name's Don Don Diablo yeah Diabio. yeah he was cool yeah, I remember Don, him Don's yeah. awesome Don's, yep, Don's he was so very cool. cool to us he worked for Neil and Neil was kind of the bad guy yeah yep. yeah so anyways but and then the other time is when he tried to sign us when Neil tried to sign us he uh, the record contract that he sent us he sent us over in an email and i forwarded on to our manager at the time my manager calls me he's like all right let's discuss this and i'm like call him he's like um he could be in a lot of trouble i'm like well what did he write in there that i don't understand the legalese he goes it's not even the legalese he just basically changed the header this is a victory records contract he goes let me show you let me show you tony's you know this is a standard contract from victory records he basically his, you know, copied and pasted another record label's contract to a T, which is highly illegal, you know, and he just changed the header on it to say standby records or whatever the hell records. Yep. Yeah, it was standby records. I think yep. at that time he was calling it something else. It was before it was standby. It was something else. And, um, oh, stand and deliver. It was stand and deliver at that time. Because I still gotcha. have, I still have folders in my, in my email that has all this old band business and uh he's like yeah he goes we're not signing this he goes first of all he goes it's a shitty contract second of yeah. all second of all he goes if we could he we could all get in trouble for using someone else's contractor he goes we won't but do we want to even be close to somebody that could be like you stole victory records standard yeah yeah and tony brummel who owned owned victory records Shyster with himself, but a very well-respected one. You know what I'm saying? Very successful. uh, Would have totally slammed that guy, you know? And so, yeah, that was, I'm so glad we didn't get ourselves involved. And same with you. I'm so glad you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it would have ended. It wouldn't have ended well. There's no way. No, no, no. I mean, that guy was, it's those people like that. That's all they bring is, is negativity and strife. And that's what, that's what he brought into our lives for the brief, 
period of time that he was yeah. in it. So. I, mean, I mean, there's there's guys out there that that's that's their business model. I won't name the other guy, yeah. but I remember meeting one guy, and he's still running record labels to this day. Um, mm-hmm. He he was in the back room. We were on tour. I think it was we we're on tour with Mushroom Head. It was Soil Mushroom Head, us, and a band called the uh, Autumn Offering. And we were, okay. in, we were in the backstage in like Arizona and this guy was sitting backstage and people, a couple of people were in Oh, this is so-and-so. And I'm like, Oh, you owned uh, that label and that label. And he said, yeah, well, I'm starting another label. Basically what he does, what he did, he's like, what I do is I moved to Arizona because I had a couple houses in California and I, and it was cheaper to move to Arizona. So I moved to Arizona and I could buy this really cheap house, but every couple of years I could get this home equity loan because my property value keeps skyrocketing and I already own the house outright. So I just get these home equity loans for like, you know, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars And he goes, then I'll just sign a bunch of bands. And I'll start a new record label with the home equity loan <laughs> that he gets from the bank. Wow. And then he goes, then, and then he was all exhausted all. And then when it doesn't really work, I'll just, file bankruptcy on that record label, uh, you know, and then I don't owe anything and I'll wait for the equity build back up into another property. And then I just, you know, he's literally telling me his business model. Yeah. That's like sort of fraudy. Oh yeah. And the dude's dude's still signing. There was a band that I know and you and I both know that signed to one of his quote unquote signed to one of his labels a few years back and and the their deal was that they had to pay him twenty thousand dollars to be on the label. I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, like well, you're gonna and that's a standard business model nowadays is for people to a band to pay the label or pay yeah. pay the manager. Have you heard this one too? No. You, you pay a manager three hundred dollars a month for them to work for you. I'm like Oh yeah, we've been approached by those people. I'm like, wait a minute, like that's okay. Um, I, I mean, and in in reality, I get it. Like, you're not earning anything right now, so until we earn something, we're going to pay you, and that'll give them incentive to be able to work it. But in all actuality, it's just a way to try to make. We're going to get ten bands. I'm going to collect four hundred dollars each, and I'm going to take four thousand dollars a month. Yep, and I'm doing very little to actually help them. I'm doing very little to do do anything to do anything. So preying on yeah, their emotions. So this guy yep. is still running these labels, but now signing these bands. So what he'll do is he'll get like four or five bands, and now I know his business model. He'll get four or five bands to pay him twenty, thirty thousand dollars to be on the label. Now he's got X amount of money. Then he'll take that money and go sign a real band and be like, "Hey, I got yep. a budget." for um, the puddle of mud was signed to said label. So, you know, he yep. like gave puddle of mud X amount of money. So that's why he was taking all those other, these little bands to be able to pay for these, this real band and not doing yep. a goddamn thing for these, these other bands. I'm like, yeah. wow. I've heard of people doing that in radio too. Like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Putting a bunch, you know, taking a bunch of money from somebody that had a bunch of money and dumping it into uh dumping it into another band and then all of a sudden that band's blowing up and literally on somebody else's dime. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, that is not an, that's a standard business practice that's happened for years. They'll do that for years. You know, they'll they'll take money they're making from that. I mean, that's, that's what any business does, you know, but, but when you're outrightly taking it, but when you're taking literally outright taking advantage of somebody or taking advantage, what I hated is that this said band that I know, 
literally where some, some of those dudes are probably emptying their life savings to be a part of this yeah. label at, at a yeah. point in their life where they're like, man, you shouldn't be giving this guy anything. Like you could yep. have, you could have given me two grand and I would have went and hired Munzee at skateboard marketing, which is a, yep. um, you know, yeah, I know him. A, yeah a radio guy and that I have a relationship. Yep. I would have paid him a thousand bucks and I would have called Liz Cavalera uh, and, yep. and, and done an ear split uh, him yep. and an ear split was one of the guys, his, Liz's wife was our guy at one of our record labels and, and those guys to do some PR and you have spent $2,000 just to see what happened. And then it wouldn't have hurt yeah. you guys at all. I mean, that's, that's a smart thing to do. Yeah. You know, and I would have kept 200 yeah. bucks as a as consultant fee, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. you're better off, you know, but man, what a, what a mess. What's the, I got to look up the quote that Hunter S Thompson said about the music business. Cause I think this would be a good way to wrap us up here. And yeah, but what, what is here? I got to find the quote. And I think, you know, the quote that have you ever heard this one before? Hunter, I know Tom, Hunter's Hunter's the um, fear and loathing. Am I thinking? Is he somehow affiliated, or isn't almost famous somehow? Like, or am I thinking of somebody else? Is that based on him? No, that's Cameron Crowe. I, yeah. I'm thinking the the um, the character that William Miller plays is somehow Cam, based Cam, Cameron Crowe. Cameron Crowe. Oh, okay. That, okay. that which is uh, you know uh, Nancy Wilson's um, husband. He, oh, that, okay. he, that was his that life. That. I mean, okay. there, yeah, he was. At, but Hunter S. Thompson gets uh, quoted in that movie. But Hunter S. Thompson's right. music industry quote says. Uh, the music business is a cruel and shallow money trench, a long plastic hallway where thieves and pimps run free and good men die like dogs. There's also a negative side. <laughs> he says, that's the good side of things. Amen. That's the good side of things. And I mean, I think both of us, can, yep. regardless of, you know, where my career was and your career was, there's still a lot of like, you know, yep. we, we still have those stories. And I think that's the oh, yeah. best yep. way to do it. But I know you got to go do your thing. I got another podcast to do this morning before my day gets on. I'm up at the Thirsty Turtle in, in Victor tonight. So, oh, cool, cool. Did Tommy hook you up with that? Yeah, I, I got hooked yeah, Tommy, man. and then I became buddies with the owner up there, and the, the crowd loves me cool. up there. So you know, I that's go, a cool spot. It is it's man. a cool spot, and there's there's, yeah. always, there's always cool people there that like like there's a couple of core people that are there all the time that just yeah. come out good music. Awesome. Know? So, well, dude, I awesome. hope I hope everything. I don't know. I hope the rest couple of your couple of your days go well. I hope you're not maybe, uh, maybe you get a negative. Maybe you'll get a negative rabbit today. Yeah, be- I'm hoping. I'm just like debating going and doing another one, but I, I don't know. I I just don't. I don't feel sick, so I don't know. Maybe it was. I started feeling weird like Sunday. Yeah. Well, not, I don't know. This has been going on for weeks, but I remember Sunday feeling like pretty run down. But anyway, it's feeling really run down Sunday, and then I was dragging ass at week at work um, all week too. So I don't know. Maybe it's we'll maybe see. it had it started to run its course. I don't know. We'll see. But all right. Well, yeah, get, I don't want to get better, regardless of what happens. Hey, and, you uh, too, brother. Uh, this will this this podcast will be out. I think you're on deck for next week. I think you're next okay, week. Okay, cool. So Let me I'll, know. I'll promote the shiz a lot of it, man. I will, man. And uh, and hopefully we cross paths in real life much sooner than later. Dude, yeah, so it's been a long time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know. I haven't. No, I know. I haven't seen you since at least before COVID. So. Oh yeah, and it's easily. funny because like you and I get 
you know, whenever we see each other, it's basically like what we just did, yeah. except we don't have as much time. So right. that, was, that was really cool. Oh, it is, man. You know, so, cause I, we do have a lot of the same story. We do. Even though it's like slightly different, like level of success or whatever. It's so, there's so much common. I'm same like, thing. I see myself through your story. It's like crazy. Man. Absolutely. All right, man. Have a good day. Good weekend. I'll you talk too, to you my brother. All right, man. Okay. Later. Sounds good. See ya. That was my good buddy, John. I mean, I knew we were going to have a good conversation, but I mean, that, um, I mean, that conversation could have happened with any of these, the, the musicians that I've had on this podcast and, and we all have this common thing, but to, to have gotten into the point of the conversation about, um, you know, what it's like to almost be there and then have to come back to earth and realize that we're not going to make it. We're not going to have platinum records on our wall. Most likely not. We probably didn't before. We're definitely not now, but to be able to transition into this new life and very free life to be able to, to perform and, and not have that pressure over our heads. And for him to have, you know, for 25 years had this amazing woman by his side and navigate that and still be with her is huge, huge shout out to John's wife. She is a saint. Any woman who puts up with people like myself and John <laughs> deserves sainthood. They really friggin' do. So I hope you guys take away uh, a lot from that conversation. Um, you know, obviously, I say this all the time, but we never have enough time to talk with all these people. But I definitely want to have John back at some point because there were some other things we didn't get to, but man, what a great conversation. I hope uh, anybody who's an aspiring musician or a musician that's been in this business for as long as we have can relate to a bunch of the stuff that we just talked about. So welcome to the music business. That was music business 101, 201, 301, and probably 401 and maybe a couple master levels class into what happens in this business. So again, huge shout out to my sponsors, Advantage Hardwood Floors, EJA Services Moving Company located out of Rome and Marcy, Utica area. And of course, Jason Allen and the Royal Auto Group. Uh, if you guys are looking for any of those services, have any questions about any of that stuff, hit me up. I can be the conduit for all that. And it's if you guys are interested in advertising on this podcast, which helps me be able to do this, uh, pay the producers and do everything else to make this happen, then hit me up. And until then, I'll see you next week. Peace out. Everybody.